For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And what's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. We are Don Sutton, Ralph Branca, 20 days away from Dodgers opening day, getting closer and closer. The debuts keep coming. Shohei Otani a few days ago, Yamamoto yesterday. We got some more takeaways. Going to break that down a little more. Should the Dodgers consider signing Blake Snell to a short-term deal? He could be considering one. The big story in Dodgerland last night, Shohei Otani announces his marriage. We're going to get into that. And also one of the big spring standouts, Andy Pajes. How could he find a way on the Dodgers? roster having a role this season we're going to talk about that as always we get the show kicked off with the dodgers nation dodgers dugout live poll question of the show and i asked you guys over on the x should the dodgers consider signing blake snell if it's on a short-term deal and right now 68 percent of you say yes while 32 percent of you say no just drop that we almost have two thousand votes on that so we'll get into that topic in a little bit but drop your comments down below where are you representing dodgers nation from what office are you at where's your office at you working from home where you working drop those cities down below you can throw in the area codes you can throw in the zip codes but i prefer the cities down below i got my man mr producer mr gary lee rocking with us as always here gonna get his takes on shohei otani and him announcing his marriage in the middle of the night. But let's go into the comments. Session. We got Snell, no for a long-term deal. It's from Mr. Classic, Samuel Ellis. We need Snell. We got Snell in a short-term. Salt Lake City, Utah, Aaron Garrett. So, yeah, drop those comments below. Downtown Riverside in my office. We got Danny Cortez, Daniel Lacey, Daniel uh, Daniel Macy over there from Albuquerque. Let's go Dodgers. I'm going to give you let's go Dodgers for that one. You know how it is. But we got to get into the story that came out during the wee hours of the morning here in Los Angeles. Of course, peak times in Japan. And, of course, it is Shohei Otani, the newsbreaker of all newsbreakers. A few months ago, he announces on his Instagram that he was signing with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And then yesterday, he announces that he is getting married. And the post, it reads, to all my friends and fans throughout, I have an announcement to make. Not only have I began a new chapter in my career with the Dodgers, but I also have began a new life with someone from my native country of Japan who is very special to me, and I wanted everyone to know I am now married. I'm excited for what is to come, and thank you for your support. Currently has 2.7 million likes. Now, Couple takeaways right off the bat. First of all, you love the fact that you have decoy right there. You have decoy, of course, the most famous dog on the planet right now, right there on the lower right side. And Shohei Otani somehow, some way, was able to keep this a secret. This was so big that in Japan you had breaking news notifications. And I don't know if how big of a story that is here. It's a pretty big story here. It is a massive story in Japan. And I see. Shohei Otani and his ability to keep things close to the vest. Like Lil Wayne said, 
Real G's move in silence like lasagna, right? That is Shohei Otani. Somehow, some way, he's able to keep these massive stories to himself, and he's able to break the news on his own Instagram. I was thinking maybe you see a, him post a blurry picture of her on his Instagram, and like he did the blurry LA logo that announced he was signing with the Dodgers, but that was not the case. So what are your thoughts on Shohei Otani announcing his marriage for me? I think my big takeaway is when have you ever seen a team's name in the same sentence that announces his marriage, he even included the Dodgers in this. And I think what you're seeing with Shohei Otani, this is one of the most epic three month runs that we've seen in a long, long time. Just to recap, Otani takes to Instagram in early December to announce that he's signing a massive deal, the biggest deal in sports history, a $700 million deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And then he takes himself off the market again, this time around. In this case, he announces his marriage. He also wins his second unanimous MVP award. Yeah. Decoy in the post Shohei Otani has been in his bag of late, but Gary, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you got Shohei Otani announcing his marriage on IG. I think he's pretty, pretty cool. I think, uh, He's amazing. I think the question is, how did he keep this a secret for so long? Um, and he's just wondering who the lucky lady is. But I think I respect the privacy. Uh, after hearing all the stories about what happens in Japan uh, when the media finds out about a marriage, I think it's let's let's all try our best to re respect his privacy. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the number one thing about this because Otani's always been private as a superstar in general. But like I was telling you, I saw this on the internet somewhere is the figure skater, the Japanese figure skater, Yuzuru Hanyu. He got married. He's regarded as one of the very best figure skaters on the planet. He's around the same age as Shohei and his marriage. It lasted only a few months because when the media found out who his wife was, she was not a celebrity type. They're following her around. She got uncomfortable with it, and they broke up. So maybe there's a little bit of that. He wants to maintain that privacy the best way he can. And I see fans out there. They're trying to troll. It's like, oh, this is Otani. is the only time he's going to get a ring with the Dodgers. No, that's not the case. Okay, there's going to be more rings in that. But, yeah, a lot of hated people talking about Ben Verlander. He's saying Ben Verlander's crushed. Uh, I don't know if he fell on his knees at a Walmart or anything like that but yeah i think it's exciting i think that for me kind of the big takeaway here really is that this is someone who has made the decision a few months ago to sign with the dodgers for 10 years and then a few months after that he makes the decision to announce his marriage this is someone who's firmly established his roots in southern california in los angeles playing for this franchise when he looks back 40, 50, 60 years from now, his best memories as a player are going to be in Dodger blue, right? Getting married as a Dodger, hopefully winning the World Series as a Dodger, hopefully just establishing these lifelong bonds for a team that could go down as one of the most memorable teams in the history of Major League Baseball. But I will say, I hope it's not Rihanna because we saw what happened to Matt Kemp's career after he got with Rihanna. Let's just hope it's not Rihanna. I think it's someone from Japan, so it's not that. But still, I mean, that's kind of one of the first things that popped into my mind. But down below in the comment section, what are your takes? So I'm just happy, too, because, you know, now my wife's not going to divorce me for Otani. You know, I think this buys me some time. With that, Snell for one year, yes. One-Eyed Dragon, Robert Carlson, Brentwood, Los Angeles from Geshmake over on YouTube. Calvin the Goat, repping from Lancaster, working from Chino. Thanks for rocking with us, guys, here. 
The chick is a Giants fan. B. Guzman, is that the case? By the way, shout out to KNBR. I saw you guys played my clip on KNBR. Guys, it's all love right there. You know, I got me some love for Willie Mays, my granddad's favorite baseball player. And my granddad's the guy who really got me into this sport. Quick thing about Willie Mays. If war was a thing back in the day, Willie Mays could have won nine MVPs. Only won a couple, but he was the war leader in nine seasons. In my opinion, right now, Willie Mays is the best player to ever play the game of baseball. Hopefully, Shohei Otani becomes that one of these days. But yeah, look, Giants, Dodgers, there's uh, definitely a rivalry there. and It runs very, very deep. But I think at the very top, yes, there's a lot of attention, a lot of bitterness. You can even say hatred during certain times, but there's also kind of a respect knowing that that is our only rival Padres. They're a fake rival. That's not a rivalry. They're a little brother. Giants Dodgers will always be the rivalry. Justin Lamas wouldn't surprise me if Otani said one day he already has a son. That's how this works, right? You're going to see him probably post that on his Instagram too, right? Him at some point. And I think, look, I mean, if you read Jeff Fletcher's book about Otani, he lists off Otani's goals. And one of them was to play in a game with his son, almost like LeBron James. So maybe we can fast track that a little bit, or he lengthens his career, but carnivorous Lunar activities, Shohei Dodgers, first marriage, second. And thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats to Shohei. But was anyone even aware he had a girlfriend? That's from Shane Rochester. Hey, real G's move in silence, right? It's none of our business. We know that. He's married to the Dodgers. That's from Denny Cortez. Yun Tissin Lum. He's not getting married. He is married. Yeah, he is married. He has announced he is married. Yeah, absolutely. Low radar, LOL. Okay, this is out of pocket. That's none of our business. Denny Cortez, he had a girl when he was with the Angels. Yeah, I remember he was, she was like a trainer or something from Hawaii. I don't know if it's the same. It's not the same girl, though. Mr. Classic, guys, being married and not married is different for sure. The responsibilities. Yeah, he's going to get that, that, uh, that wife strength, man. He's definitely, uh, I think it's really, I mean, look, I mean, it's all speculation, of course, and how that'll impact him, but I don't think that this really changes anything about his routine. If anything, it probably allows him to adjust with what will be his routine for the next 10 seasons. So do you show a Otani, take the Dodgers as your wife? That's a fire take fire from carnivorous activity, Fresno, California. Let's go Dodgers. There you go. By the way, if you haven't yet, I see some Yamamoto comments here. Another quick plug. We are getting so close to 85,000 subscribers. When we hit that, we're giving away a Yoshinobu Yamamoto number 18 jersey to celebrate the signing. All you have to do is be subscribed to the channel and comment Yamamania down below. But uh, female fans still love him. That's from RC22. Carnivorous Sooner Activity. Marriage now. Honeymoon deferred until after the World Series. There's a fire take. From Carnivorous Lunar Activity, as always. Imagine if Otani has a son. Yeah, that son's going to be a beast. Do you guys think Yamamoto's visible pitch grips will be something that's addressed? Does it even matter if a runner never makes it past first base? So, Shane, that's a good segue to our next topic because we are going to dive into the takeaways from yesterday's Yamamoto start. It's going to be quick. We kind of broke it down in depth. I have a full breakdown pitch for pitch that I'm dropping possibly later today, but maybe early tomorrow and just go back and rewatching it. The takeaways that I had were one pristine command, absolutely pristine command, elite command. This guy's out there painting like Bob Ross. Okay. He threw 19 pitches. 
16 went for strikes. That is a strike rate of 84%. Last season in Major League Baseball, the MLB average was 62%. So, yes, it was just two innings. Yes, it was just 19 pitches. But anytime you have sub-20 pitches for two innings, that shows you maximum efficiency. Just look at the first at-bat when he strikes out Marcus Simeon on six pitches. The fastball, two planes, arm side run, the delivery, the release point, the lower release point. We talked about it yesterday. He's releasing at around 54 feet of height that is 80 percent most people are 80 most pitchers are 80 percent above that so the delivery from a height standpoint is much lower than what big league hitters are used to and you saw they were not seeing him well they were not adjusting well and that first strikeout it tells me that that fastball is going to play in the show because of the movement because of the run because of the delivery and because from a velocity standpoint, he maxed out at 96, also hit 94. So 94 to 96 is where he was sitting at, and that's going to play when you consider the command he has and the other stuff in his arsenal. Second big takeaway was the swing and miss because that is something that's going to make him either an elite pitcher, a Cy Young guy, or someone that is really, really good, right? And the swing and miss was there. All three of the strikeouts were swing and miss. You saw the one with the fastball to Simeon. Then you saw the two world-class split fingers. He misses bats. He's going to miss bats. It's going to be key. Three, he doesn't have to worry about adjusting to hitters. Hitters have to adjust to him. Okay, there was this big talk about, oh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, how's he going to adjust to the ball? The ball in Major League Baseball isn't as tacky. The mound is a little different. The schedule is a little different. It looks like the hitters are the ones that are going to have to be doing some adjusting. It doesn't matter what league he's in. His stuff is so good, it's going to play and he's going to be effective. And then four the splitter and the tipping of the pitches. So that really almost is one of the biggest takeaways is it was very clear when he was on the mound, the way he was tapping the ball with his glove and the placement of the glove that the split finger was coming. And Rick Monday pointed out during the broadcast, the fact that he's in the middle of the rubber, it makes it pretty easy to see the way he grips the baseball and which pitch he's going to be going with. And if you have a runner on second, that's going to be an issue. Thankfully, hopefully, the Trastros won't be doing trash can things and filming things from the center field wall. Thankfully, that has gone. And for him, I think it's just about possibly looking at that. It's interesting to hear what he had to say about it because no one asked him about it. I was curious why none of the media members asked him about it. No one asked Dave Roberts about it. So hopefully this morning they bring that up because that would have been my very first question if I was there to Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And maybe he says, you know what? Like someone pointed out, it doesn't matter what I'm throwing to you. You can know it. I'll let you know. I'm so damn good. I'm going to get you on anyway. And then five, the delivery is clean. The delivery is as advertised. It's effortless. It's repeatable. You see the way the ball comes out. And on top of the delivery, it's the arm speed. The arm speed on the fastball, on the splitter, they're virtually identical. The velocity is about five miles per hour in difference. And you're talking about a 96-mile-per-hour fastball and a 91, 92-mile-per-hour splitter that dives out of the zone. It's impossible to hit. He looks unhittable at times. And just going back and watching, we talked a little bit about Zach Granke on the show yesterday. 
I went back and watched a lot of Zach Granke last night. You see the similarities in the mechanics. You see the bow and elbow, the bow and arrow type of elbow action that they have. Just keeping the ball hidden until the very last minute. And then the reason why a guy that's five foot ten can get that kind of explosiveness coming out of his hand is the way he moves his hips. Everyone's focusing on the upper body. I'm focused on the lower body. It's the way he can clear the front side with that hip. It's explosive. You have the rotation. And then look at the leg swing compared to Zach Granke. It's Spider-Man meme. These guys are pointing at each other with some of these relief points. I think you look the way they finish it off. Yamamoto definitely is a little more vertical after the release. But yeah, I think it was really cool to see Granky and Yamamoto because Yamamoto I think has more explosive stuff but you got to focus on that lower half man that lower half the way you can rotate those hips powerful explosive hip rotation and that's how a guy that's that size can generate that much power and that much explosion so yeah it was really it was as advertised it was as good as I thought it was going to be because Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a special pitcher you also saw some Greg Maddox in there and of course Greg Maddox, one of the best pitchers as far as his two seam and his arsenal. But as far as how comfortable he was on the mound, knowing that his he's able to execute his pitches every single pitch because how much he trusts his mechanics. And that's where you see the Greg Maddox. Of course, the Pedro Martinez similarities we talked about yesterday that the baseball gods are doing us a solid for trading Pedro Martinez. Now we get Yamamoto. Well, the fastball, he can crank it up, right? Pedro didn't always sit at 97 or 99. He sat 94, 95, but he could crank it up when he needed to. So yeah, exciting day for Dodgers fans, seeing how effective he was. But really, if you want to truly get a glimpse of what you're going to get from Yamamoto on the mound, just look at the at bat to low. That really is the at bat that stands Back out to me. To you see plate. right here. And this one line to right field. Actually, that's the pies one. Here we go. It's okay. We'll go to that later. But if you see the at bat to low fastball, curveball splitter, and he used the fastball to set up the rainbow curveball that he throws in the zone early in the count. And then you go with the splitter that dives out of the zone. I mean, some of these little splitters, these splitters are nasty. They are bouncing. They're not even making it to the plate. And it's the ultimate good morning, good afternoon, good night, right? When you have a pitch mix like that, they can go to, you're going to have success. So he was fantastic. He also retired high with a fly out to left contact a little hard on the double play, but the strikeout to Tavares on four pitches, the splitter out of the zone. This guy is going to be embarrassing hitters for the next 12 years. But let's go to the comments. Back we got comes to Ivy Strokin, Soul Food found. Congrats to Otani on his first ring. We'll hopefully many more to come. Yeah, there you go. His first ring with the Dodgers. His first ring. First of hopefully many. We got the Bell Canyon Channel. Is that a 1980s clock radio on your desk? That is from Vegas. That's actually something that I used to go to the cool little, there's a bra. Get a finish. finish him. Him. Cool use for that. Say stream deck. Pahez, baby. Yeah, we're going to talk about pause in a minute, but coming up next, could the Dodgers make everyone absolutely furious around Major League Baseball, do something that would shock the world, and go out there and sign Blake Snell? That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. 
What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live here. Uh, I see some Yama Mania, some Yama Mania. Yeah, definitely comment Yama Mania if you want to be eligible for our latest giveaway. You definitely want to see that in your hands, a Yamoto number 18 jersey. But here in our next segment, we are talking about Blake Snell. And just when you thought the Dodgers were done, could they make another move? They brought back Kike Hernandez. They announced that earlier in the week. Now, the difference between Blake Snell now versus a couple months ago when I said, okay, the Dodgers, they're not going to pursue him. I was right about that. They showed no interest and signed him to a long-term deal. They went out there and they got the top free agent pitcher available in Yamamoto. But there has been some talk amongst insiders that Blake Snell is willing to take a shorter term deal. This was reported by John Heyman. It still, I think is unlikely. I don't think that it's something that you can bank on. I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if he signed a shorter term deal with opt out, something like we saw with Carlos Correa a few years ago. And mainly because one, he's coming off the Cy Young season where he was absolutely outstanding. And then two, it's not like he's the youngest guy in the world. It's not like he was Carlos Correa's age. He's 31. He turns 32 in December. And I think Snell is someone that wants to maximize his earnings by capitalizing on the year he had last season. So I hate to pour cold water on your Snell to the Dodgers stuff, but look, I just don't think this is going to happen. Not because the Dodgers wouldn't consider it. Maybe they would, but until we get there, I think this is a way for Snell to say, okay, I need to get that long-term deal because this is someone in Blake Snell who has two Cy Young awards, but outside of those two years, he hasn't received a Cy Young vote. So it kind of makes you wonder if he'd be willing to go back and play another season and possibly hurt his market, right? I think Blake Snell is going to sign a multi-year deal, but if you want to entertain the idea, just think about that rotation with Blake Snell in it. You got Kirsch hopefully coming back at some point. You have James Paxton. You have two left-handed starters that have injury issues. Blake Snell has been very durable. And if you want me to make the case for Blake Snell, just so we can get excited about another free agent possibility, I'm here to do it for you. That's what I do because Blake Snell last season got off to a little bit of a rocky start, but in his final 23 starts, he posted a 123 ERA and had a 35% strikeout rate. So that's elite. If you could get anything close to that Blake Snell towards the last half of the season into the postseason, He's something to go out there and possibly perform as good, if not better, than Tyler Glasnow or Yoshinobu Yamamoto or Bobby Miller or Walker Bueller. So that is how good he was last season. Only issue, if you want to spot the negatives on him, the cons for Snell is, like I said, inconsistency as far as 
seasons when he's not elite. And then two, he led Major League Baseball at 99 walks last season. He had a 13.2 walk percentage. Hitters, they just really couldn't touch him when he was around the strike zone. So he did get a lot of chase. But that is kind of one of the big issues. One of that's kind of one of the big issues, really, is the walks. And also, you look at can he be a guy that can go more than six innings? Is he a, a five and dive type of guy? Can you anticipate him going deeper into games? Well, last season, he averaged 5.2 innings per appearance with the Padres. That's definitely good. He also pitched 180 innings. So 180 innings plus, and that's what we've seen for him in his Cy Young seasons. When he wins the Cy Young, he'll give you 180 plus innings. When he doesn't, he hasn't thrown 130 innings in a season. So I think with that kind of variance with Blake Snell, one, high walk rate, two, years when he's not on, is he someone that you can count on to go deep into games? Probably not. So if he had a better track record, maybe I think you would consider it. And then you factor in where the Dodgers are at. I mean, they're well above the fourth tier. They've surpassed that $297 million threshold, the Cohen tax, and they're over $300 million at the moment, $302 million. You got the Kike signing. Let's say you sign Blake Snell at a high AAV. The thing with these high AAV deals is it hurts the CBT. You've seen Yamamoto and Otani, some of these deals that they stretch out, that's so you can lower the CBT every single year. That wouldn't be the case with Blake Snell. So just imagine you sign Blake Snell for $40 million, something in that range, and you're looking at a payroll at $342 million, $345 million, something in that range. You subtract the two ninety seven, dollars and you're having to be taxed at around 45 to $50 million at a 110% surcharge rate. That's a lot of money. I'm not saying the Dodgers wouldn't be willing to do it, but that is a ton of coin that they would have to pay, and you'd better hope that this team wins a World Series because that truly would be the best team that money can buy. I mean, just think about that rotation with Yamamoto, Tyler Glass now, Blake Snell, Bobby Miller, Walker Bueller, these young guys like Emmett Sheehan and Kyle Hurt, Michael Grove and Gavin Stone, a lot of this young talent in the organization to pair it with. So yeah, I just don't think it's going to happen just because I think at the end of the day, you saw Bellinger, the deal he signed well below what most projections had him at. And you think Scott Boris is really going to take another L like that? He took an L on the belly deal. By the way, I'm not here to take a victory lap on the Bellinger deal, but I was here to tell you that if you looked at the contact numbers and the exit velocities and the barrel percentages and the barrel rates and things that a lot of these teams are looking at, there's no way they could have viewed him as a 150 to $200 million man. This is someone who sacrificed the power for more contact to avoid slumps. But 2019, Cody Bellinger is not walking through that dugout again. I mean, the exit velocity was down significantly compared to 2019. He's dealt with injuries. I think at that rate, he's still a pretty solid player at that price, around $80 million. But yeah, I just don't think that Scott Boris is going to take the L on the belly deal and then turn around and take the L on the Blake Snell deal. Because Scott Boris, I talked to Scott Boris at the winter meetings and I asked him about Blake Snell and I asked him about some of his free agents like Jordan Montgomery. And he sat there and for pretty much a minute to a minute and a half and told me why Blake Snell was basically a better pitcher 
than Yoshinobu Yamamoto because he was a more proven commodity in the show. And he talked about his durability and some of the things that make Blake Snell an ace-level pitcher. And I don't fault him for that. He's doing what he does best. He is selling his client. He's being the agent that's trying to maximize his earning potential. But having said all that, I just think that this is more of a leverage play. Anytime John Heyman leaks something that's related to a Scott Boris client, it usually is a domino to another move or announcement on a deal that's happening. So I still think that Blake Snell is going to sign with the team, maybe for five years, six years, something in the NOLA range, right? Because Blake Snell is still a really, really good pitcher. He is a really good pitcher. He's someone that if you look at last several seasons, his FIP and his ERA, they're very, very close. He's someone that if he gets hot, if he finds it in the postseason, you saw what he did to the Dodgers in game six when they couldn't touch him in Austin Barnes. He took his soul away from him, right? You saw what happened during that game, but I've given the Giants a hard time. If I were the Giants, I would sign him. If I were the San Francisco Giants, I would absolutely try to sign Blake Snell. If you look at Snell's numbers at Oracle Park, 22 and two-thirds innings, a 159 ERA, a 1.01 whip, 12.3 K per nine. So I think that would be the move if I was the San Francisco Giants. But can you guys talk me into it? Because I don't think you can. I don't think that... Blake Snell is going to be a Dodger. I think if they're going to go out there and add another ace level pitcher, it will be via the trade market and they'll cash in on some of these very talented, valuable Dodgers prospects. Dylan Cease is still someone who could be available. So let's go down below in the comment section. What are your thoughts on Snellzilla? Would you like to see Snellzilla? Shane says, talk about the tip of the pitches. Let's go down here. We got a super chat from my man, IB Stroking, $5. Appreciate you. Soul Food Fund. Congrats to Otani on his first ring. We hopefully, okay, I think I already read that one. But uh, Mr. Classic, we have Yoshi, Glass now, Miller, Bueller, Kershaw, Paxton, Yarbrough, and then add Snell. Going to be tough. Mr. Classic. Yeah. At that point, you look at where that roster is and that rotation, it would be such an embarrassment of riches at that point. And you talk about where this rotation is. There are a lot of questions. We've talked about them on this show. The durability of Tyler glass. Now Yamamoto adjusting to the show, Bobby Miller in year two, Walker Bueller coming back from the injury. Well, still, I think they're going to be fine and they can also acquire a guy if they want to during the season, but another injury update too. And we'll get your takes on Blake Snell right now is that Walker Bueller talked to reporters yesterday and it does feel like he's feeling a lot better. It feels like the velocity is starting to climb up and that's the most important thing. The live BPs are starting to get a little more intense. And I thought it was interesting what he had to say to reporters. He said, I've seen a lot lately and everything that's been written about me is that it's not going well. And I don't think that's true. So I'm not sure who's saying that, that it's not going well. I don't know who's writing that. I think that Dave said last week that he really was still going through the process of getting back to where he needed to be. But I think if you compare his road to recovery to Shohei Otani's, I wouldn't say it's right on schedule or behind schedule or ahead of schedule. I think it's somewhere between maybe just a tad bit behind schedule. And that's probably what he's reacting to. But you saw a video a couple days ago, him facing Miguel Vargas. He looked really good. The velocity is starting to creep up. And he said that he needs 
uh, three more live BPs before he goes into in-game action. And Walker Buehler said that maybe he takes the mound in the freeway series against the Angels. So I think that's encouraging. I think that's very encouraging. I think that Walker Buehler is determined to get his season going because, look, the big question for him is, how high can the velocity get on that fastball? Can it get back to 97, 98, or is it going to sit at 94, 95? And he's more of a reinvented pitcher versus the Bueller that we saw in 2018, 2019, 2020, when he was one of the most explosive fireballers in the game. So I think it's encouraging news. I like what I heard from him. I also like the fire too. I mean, sometimes you just got to motivate yourself and get yourself going. Maybe he used whatever he read, whatever he saw as motivation to really take his rehab to the next level. But down below in the comment section, what are your thoughts on Blake Snell? Yamamania from Temecula. Snell Dodgers is fire. Can't beat them. Join that's from Craig Osterberg. Are we sure Bueller will be okay? That's from Carnivorous Lunar Activity. Look, the Nathan Eovaldis exist. Guys that have had multiple Tommy John surgeries. They've been able to regain their velocity and their effectiveness. I think Bueller is someone who is going to be honest with himself about his capabilities at this stage of his career. I don't think you're going to see a Noah Syndergaard like situation from Bueller where he's going out there and he's just trying to be the pitcher that he was. I think he's going to give himself the best chance to have success with a reinvented pitch mix. And I don't think that you can expect 98, 99, four seam fastballs, challenging hitters up in the zone because even before the injury, that's not the pitcher that he was. The last time we saw Walker Buehler in 2022, he was throwing that four-seam fastball at a 33.8% clip. Opponents were hitting 365. The expected slug on his heater was, was a 562. They were absolutely teeing off on his four-seam fastball in 2022, and he was still averaging 95.2 miles per hour. So, that's about what he's hitting right now in these bullpen sessions. So it's going to take more than just a 95, 96 mile per hour fastball for Walker Bueller to get back to being as effective as he was before the injury. I think the big difference between Bueller from when we saw him last to when he was absolutely at the peak of his powers, like in 2019 and 2018, he was throwing that fastball over 50% of the time. And his second most used pitch. It was the slider in 2019, and then in 2020, it was that knuckle curveball. The cutter, he was throwing around 14% of the time. Last time we saw him, you could see that it was a clear decision to go with that cutter more because the cutter was his second most used pitch. Opponents were hitting 242 off it. So, yeah, I'm very, very curious to see the reinvention of of Mr. Walker Bueller, but I want Snell just for the heat that signing him will bring. I think we are hated now. That's from Samuel over on YouTube. Yeah. Just imagine. Can you imagine the haters? They would absolutely lose their minds. If the Dodgers were able to sign Blake Snell, they would be furious. It would be pretty amazing. At that point, you almost wonder if you're tempting the baseball gods and trying to put together the best team on paper and you kind of worry about being the paper champions and winning the off season. But I just think that they believe that James Paxton has the potential to be a key contributor. It's just a matter of keeping him healthy because when he was on the mound before the injuries, he was putting up numbers very similar to Garrett Cole. I think Paxton is someone that is another year removed from that Tommy John surgery. 
If you look at some of his advanced metrics, they point to someone who could be very, very solid, and he's probably going to be the best number five starter in all of Major League Baseball. I think that's where he's at. So they like the rotation that they have, and I think that they want to see what they can get out of this current rotation before you add the depth. Now, you can never have enough pitching. There's no doubt about that, and it just comes down to the price. If he was willing to take a very low one-year deal with opt-outs, maybe in the $30, $35 million range, maybe they do it, right? They're not going to do anything in the $200-plus million range. That's what he's after. They're not going to do anything in the $165 million range. That's what he's after. They're not going to go that route, right? They're not going to go big-time on a multi-year deal, but on a shorter-term deal, one year, man, it makes you wonder if they would actually do it or if he would actually sign that contract. It almost is, for me, I'm a big, look, if I see something that's $10, no way. Not going to do it. If I see something that's $9.99, I'm like, okay, for sure. So we can get the Blake Snell on the $9.99. They call that the charm price, where you focus on the first number and not the last number, right? So if it's about that with Blake Snell, maybe you do consider it, right? But I still think it is a long shot. But coming up next here, I'm going to read your comments on Blake Snell, one of your takes on that. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Andy Pajes. That's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live. So we talked to Blake Snell, and that was today's Dodgers Dugout Live post, uh, poll question of the day. And I asked you guys that, and 68% of you say, yes, the Dodgers should sign Blake Snell if it is on a shorter-term deal. 68%, 32% say no. Let's see what some of these comments have to say. Lorenzo says it would be a good idea, would give them another reliable arm that's ready to start the season. Two- to four-year deal with opt-outs. Saw a projection on Bleach Report three years at $100 million. Yeah, I think you would probably, if you're Blake Snell, want to get something a little more than that Correa deal with the opt-outs, hoping that it's a better market next season, right? Yamamoto is not on the market next season. And you can hopefully get that deal when some of these regional TV deals are figured out and teams hopefully are a little more flush with cash. But I'm concerned about his age, though. I mean, this is someone, like I said, turns 32 in December, coming off a Cy Young season. Theoretically, you want to take advantage of that. Then we got Walter signing Snell would be a crazy turnaround, guys. Never like Dodgers, but the Dodgers will be insane. I got people saying the Dodgers could do the most hilarious thing ever. David said, not worth it. Cost too much plus a draft pick. Yeah, we got the yes, someone signed him. Tired of hearing about Snell, LOL. Jose says, just sign Blake Snell to make the baseball world explode. Yeah, would he do that? I mean, you may, it makes you make you wonder if uh, Andrew Freeman signed Kike because the Giants were a possibility. I think Dave Vassay said the Yankees too for Kike Hernandez, match him in pinstripes. But here in our final segment, we're going to talk about Andy Pajes. Andy Pajes has been turning heads during spring training. And I think for the first time, we're truly getting to see 
at this level, just how immensely talented this guy is. I mean, yesterday, all of the tools were on display. He hits a home run. He hits a triple off the wall. So you saw the speed. Then he makes a diving, sliding catch there with a cool little Trey Turner-like spin around. So defensively, this is someone who has the best outfield arm in the system. This is someone who has prodigious power and just listen to how it sounds when he makes contact. It's a different sound. It's a big, deep bass thump. And he just absolutely cleared it on that home run went deep up past the wall. And I think for me, you see that home run, he absolutely obliterated. Let's take a look at it actually is boom. We absolutely obliterated that ball. Just look how deep it gets, man. Souvenir city right there clearing that so he absolutely just hit an absolute tank obliterated that that ball had a family but you just look at the way he crushed that fastball middle middle just because the barrel on it unloads on it and you saw the defensive play he made so Andy Pajes right now is he someone that has leapfrog Miguel Vargas because we talked about Miguel Vargas being the 27th man on a 26-man roster. Would he get another opportunity if they needed someone to play the outfield, if they needed some depth, if there was an injury? Well, Andy Pajes is someone that you're seeing the power. You're seeing the speed. You're seeing the outfield ability. Defensively, he's not going to be a big leader because of his defense, but I still think that you complement his offense with his defense, and you got a player that is emerging within this spring training and this farm system. And I think Andy Pajes is someone that could absolutely see his opportunity with the Dodgers sooner than later. And it's not just because of injury either. It's not just if a guy goes down. I think if Jason Hayward isn't able to perform up to the level, like we saw last season, maybe Pajes gets an opportunity. He would have to slump very badly. He would have to struggle mightily to get that opportunity because Hayward's defense still grades out as one of the best at his position in baseball. It's one of the big reasons why Mookie went to second and he told Jay, Hey, Hey, you can hold it down and right because how good his defense is. But if they need a bat, he had another right-handed bat power bat. You could put down the lineup. Just imagine that. I mean, how about this? What if he doesn't get injured last season? What if he doesn't have shoulder surgery? Where is he at right now? He would almost make it impossible for the Dodgers to keep off this roster. And we saw what happened to Matt Kemp after his shoulder surgery. We saw what happened to Cody Bellinger after his shoulder surgery. This is someone that's showing no ill effects. And the power is there, and so he's only going to get better. But what are your thoughts on Andy Pajes? He's one of my big spring standouts. Love watching him play. Got the great show tattoos. Got the show chains. This is someone who... Like I said, he's no longer Andy Pages, right? He's Andy Pajes. I know some people, oh, who's that guy? How do you read his name? Pages? No, it's Andy Pajes, right? But uh, we got uh, the Evil Empire for real. That's from Doug Slayton. Mr. Classic, we want to win now. LA Broad 72, it would be glorious. You guys are talking about signing Blake Snell. Yeah, wouldn't it be just the ultimate flex, the ultimate FU to Major League Baseball? You know what? Let's throw in Blake Snell. Why not? Okay, I right, have a bunch of cars, a bunch of yachts. Let's add another one for fun, just to show we can do it. A huge cherry on top. That's from One-Eyed Dragon. Paxton today pitching. Yeah, watch Paxton today. He looks good. He's looked good in his bullpen sessions. I think he has a lot to prove because he's also on a one-year deal. He wants to put himself in a position to sign another contract. And like I said, his stuff was really, really good. It was playing in the first part of the season. He was really, really good. So I would not... I would not sleep on James Paxton. For some reason, people are sleeping on James Paxton, and I don't love it because 
that was the lefty that really could help take this team to the next level with Kershaw out for an extended period of time. So don't sleep on our boy, James Paxton, but a couple more here, guys, and we will let you enjoy. We have a later game today too. No afternoon game today. So that's going to be exciting. Dodgers are due for an actual legit championship. Mr. Classic. Wow. You sound like the giants fans out there saying that, Oh, that's the only way that Otani can get a ring or this and that people hate us. We don't care. Yamo, that's from one-eyed dragon. We can defer that penny to make it $9.99. There you go, Doug Slade. That's a fire take over on YouTube. Dodgers, America's team, Eddie Chavez. Look, the Dodgers are that team now where you love them, you hate them. All that matters is you're going to watch them. That's how you've reached elite status. That's how you become a truly marquee franchise. The Lakers have been doing that for years. See the beat LA chance. Look at last night being the Clippers. Big comeback. Haven't gotten an... Have a okay. I can't read that. A uh, true look at Kershaw from Mr. Classic. A couple more. We couple more. We get to a good team does not make a rival from BT fouls. Mr. Classic, just to be smart and don't give long term contracts to old guys. Absolutely. And that's one of the big reasons why they signed Yamamoto. Like Buck O'Neill talking about the sound of the bat, BT fouls. Yeah, that is what Buck O'Neill the great Buck O'Neill has talked about. You got to listen to the sound of the back. It's like kickers too. They say kickers in the NFL when they scout kickers, a lot of the scouts, they don't watch the kick. They close their eyes and they listen to the kick. And that's how you get the big booming tuck type ones. But going to be honest. And I tip my hat to Andy Pajes over Miguel Vargas from Mr. Mr. Classic. So you guys already have Andy Pajes making that leap. Vargas has regressed a bit. That's from Mr. Classic platoon with Hayward. One eyed dragon. That's the thing. If he starts the season down AAA and he's raking, he could be that first guy up now. That is what's at stake. That's one of the big storylines that you want to watch when first five innings, six innings, you're watching these spring training games. You're looking at the starter. You're looking at the relievers. Then the six through nine, you're like, okay, what are you even watching now? Do we even know the score? Okay, you got a bunch of guys that are unlikely to have a role on this team, especially when you consider how low they are, but follow Andy Pajes because he has got a lot of momentum. He's going to really put himself in a position where when camp breaks and you have your 26 man roster, the club is going to go back and look at what he did during spring and is going to monitor closely what he's going to do early in AAA. And then when that opportunity presents himself, Hey, this is a guy that's flying out, right? And he's going to the show. So I agree with you on that one. But, uh, and also, too, a little competition, too. That competition between Vargas and Pajes is something to look at. Pajes debuts this year in 2025, 26-man roster. That's from David E. That's a fire take. That's the most rational, reasonable take. I be stroking. I have PTSD. If I don't smash that like button and flinch every time Coach Schroeder says smash that like button. You know what's up, Diane Schroeder? Always rocking with us here down below. I love the last name, Jordan Page. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Take a drink. Yeah, okay. Um, the great one, Buck O'Neill. Ed Mendoza, Dodgers turning into the Mayweather of baseball. Yeah, I like that. That's a fire take right there. But yeah, trade Lux, please. Look, we talked about that yesterday. Gavin Lux, he's had some opportunities to play short, but guess what? The ball just was not finding him. And then yesterday really was presented with his first defensive challenge. And really it should have been a routine ground out. Unfortunately, he's throwing off the wrong foot. He's not taking that extra second that he had and he needed to, to just step into that throw and execute it and everything would be okay. But 
that's some guy that's rushing a little bit. That's someone that I think probably watched that about 50 to a hundred times in his head knowing, Hey, chill, take a deep breath. You can make that throw and get that done. But it's going to be very interesting to watch his progress at the shortstop position, but it's still too premature to trade him. We have to see what the Dodgers have in him before he hits open market. Monty DMAC, let me have your hat. Just throw it into the crowd right there. Yeah, we're working on those hats as giveaways, guys. So keep reminding us. Replace Barnes with DMAC. I could be behind the dish. No, look, Austin Barnes got a hit yesterday. He's been doing the work with Yamamoto. Let's give Austin Barnes a chance to play the role that he's supposed to be playing. But Yamamania down below. A couple more here. Fire. There you go. It can't be a Dodgers Nation show without that. We got Fire Roberts. There's a fire take. That's from DS over on YouTube. Cobra Commander. Lux doesn't know how to throw a baseball. He tossed it. Yeah. He tosses it. That's the best way to describe it. It does look like more of a toss versus a throw. And he's going to have to learn that for him to be able to execute throws from the shortstop position, it's about his lower body as much as his upper body and the mechanics and the technique of it. So it could be a situation too, where you're working on something so many times, but then the first time it's game action, you regress and you use the old technique. He has to kind of go through the growing pains in the game action, but for sure, Doom underscore Sal says, DMAC, do not bring Pajes up unless there's an opening. Pajes can't be the new Michael Bush and being brought up and to sit and not get much playing time. Yeah, it's a good point. But I think the difference there is Michael Bush really had not established himself defensively in the outfield, where Andy Pajes, the Dodgers need outfielders next season. Teoscar Hernandez on a one-year deal. Hayward's going to be gone. He's on a one-year deal. Chris Taylor, someone, of course, that is still going to be in the mix from the inside to the outside, infield to the outfield. So I think next season, this is going to be tailor-made for him. That's the true opportunity is 2025 between Vargas and Pajes. And do they look to trade one of them this year if they need to add starting pitching during the season? I'm pretty sure you clip that, and that'll probably end up happening at some point this year. But yeah, Leonardo, Leonardo Blanco. Hey, DMAC, how do we get that LA bobble? Okay, we got to fire Austin Barnes. Sup, bro? Michael, thoughts? that the other team was looking at Kiki was the Yankees. Yeah. I heard that from Dave Vass say on AM 570 Dodger talk. He did mention the Yankees. Hey, look, Kiki's played on some premier franchises. No offense to the Marlins, but Dodgers, Red Sox, this is home for him. They know his swing. They know what he's capable of. And I think that at this point of his career, he wants to win in an environment where he feels like he can have an impact with his ability. With the Yankees, they would probably thrust him into a situation like Boston did where, who knows, hey, here's play the shortstop position as a full-time shortstop and have a minus 12 defensive run save and not get it done defensively. With the Dodgers, they know what they're doing. They know what they're getting into. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Nation, Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Also, be sure to go over to DodgersNation.com for our latest Dodgers rumors and news you're going to find over there right now. What do we got? We got newest Dodgers prospect is a defensive whiz talking about Noah Miller. Yeah. Noah Miller. We're trying to try to get him on the show. Got a story about Gavin Lux and Freddie Freeman. And we got the uh, outfielder for the Dodgers that signed with the rival Otani's marriage, everything you need to know about Dodger baseball. You're going to find right over there. And also a special shout out to our new partners over at the believe network. So we are joined the believe network and you're going to want to subscribe to the podcast as well because all the shows that we do on YouTube are podcasted immediately after the show. 
And you can find some exclusive stuff over there, too. We're going to work on some stuff with that, too. But that is going to do it, guys. Thanks, as always, for rocking with us here. Morning edition of Dodgers Dugout Live. Jack says Lux is the most overrated prospect I've seen in a long time. Okay. Okay, awesome. But that's going to do it, guys. Remember, nothing brings together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.